Dan's Driving Double Feature presents Howling 2 and 7-2, episode 35. This is a minute-by-minute podcast covering Howling 2 and Howling New Moon Rising. That would be Howling 2, Your Sister is a Werewolf from 85, and that's Howling 7, Howling New Moon Rising from 94. And we're we're cooking along here, I think. Well, I, I don't know if stuff specifically happening yet in Howling 2, but Stirba Sybil Danning is here, and she boobs out, ready to go. Well, the boobs aren't out yet, but she's ready to go. And when the previous uh, minute, when minute 34 ended, she kind of is excited to not be an old lady anymore. It looks like she's leaving the room, and it's, I don't know, it's kind of a fun, it's kind of a fun group of people around her. It's almost like the, um, like if the, um, if the uh, the January sixth uh, uh, terrorists there attacking the Capitol, it's like if they were more like into uh, wolves and leather, uh, that would be what the, that would be what this gang looked like. They're about to storm somebody's Capitol or something. There's a guy, there's a goofy guy with a hood on in the background. There are two old ladies wearing Lone Ranger masks. One of them looks terrified. Uh, what well, not terrified, but like, huh, what's happening? And the other one is not really going oh that well. There are two, I think, ladies in the back, like all leathered up, uh, lots of decolletage. One of them seems to be wearing like a Lone Ranger mask with lots of, um, I don't even know, filigree or something underneath. I don't fully understand. And way in the back, in the doorway, is actually a guy who looks like he could be one of the January 6th uh, terrorists there. He's, um, he's, he's standing in the back and he's got this goofy, like, raccoon hat on, the, the, the mask, and he looks he looks very funny. They're all they're very funny, and I think this scene is about to come to an end. So let us play minute thirty five, and uh, we will uh, talk about it on the other side. Bring our new daughter. Stand up so I can see you. I guess this is a pretty erotic minute, I guess. Um, the As they're leaving the room with all those people, you see like over on the far right, because it's, it's Steer believes, and then the one woman who, who arrived from America recently leaves, and the one goofy-looking guy who was doing the howling and pouring the blood, they leave together. And over on the far right, you see like three or four people like half-naked strung up with blood on them. And I suddenly realized that this looks like a... Um, like a Halloween sort of haunted house, like a Hell House kind of thing. And I recently saw Hell House LLC. I thought it was excellent. I recommend it highly. But that's that's what it reminded me of. It it, it kind of um you know like in in Las Vegas bloodbath, um the um the gore effects or or so so they say the gore effects were done by a guy who did like um like a Hell House haunted house that had the gory effects in it and things. Um and you kind of see that like the final scene like in the bathtub that really gross bathtub or the scene with the um the fetus. Um, uh, they they have the feel of like um, less like movie 
effects and more like um you know um sort of live practical effect kind of things that you do as people are walking through like a low lit house um, that but that's i realize that's what it looks like now it looks like a um it looks kind of like a it looks like a like a haunted house maybe not the first rate haunted house that you you walk through at halloween and um they've got some people women to take their tops off and they got grandma and and you know her her old sister to uh, help out and everything and then and then the film does the, the, I, the best part of this is that wipe or, or whatever the heck it is where it like bisects the screen and it's sort of like you know you know it's a wipe like you know when something you know if, if someone uh you know it's like um uh, uh, you know, one image on the screen, and then all of a sudden, like the uh, the other, the next image. Instead of cutting to it, you kind of get like the the screen will. I don't. I've never described one before. You know, they do them in Star Wars a lot, and you, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. And this one, it's kind of weird because they're leaving the room, and then it's like at the top and the bottom, the screen suddenly becomes bisected, and at the top and the bottom, from the left hand side on the top, from the right hand side on the bottom, the new um the new image which is in like a bedroom kind of sweeps in covering up the old image which is kind of a neat thing and then immediately it's um that wolf guy kind of like grabbing and groping at at Stirba and she gets him to stop and yeah they bring in the new gal who um ah the uh the costume choice on on her where she has like like her her dress kind of like goes over her her left shoulder goes across her her boob her left boob but then it gets, she goes like right under like half of her her right boob so like her pardon me her nipple is there um but it's kind of it doesn't look comfortable it kind of looks like they're firming them up and, and it, it looks a little it looks it looks weird and it's it's not sexy it just looks it looks like she put on like a wonder bra or a push-up bra but wrong I don't know. It just it just looks weird, and then Stirba looks at her, and then sees the huntress, and she begins to take down her hair. And at the the minute ends with our our boob nipple out gal kind of about to go crazy, shaking her head and her hair all over the place. But um, um, oh, the the, the gal does sniff Stirba's hand, um, which is I I understood I understood and understand why they're doing that, but it looks silly. It really does look silly. I mean, why doesn't, you know, when that guy comes in, why doesn't he instantly start sniffing their crotches? You know, I don't understand. That's, you know, the, um, why not go full on if you're going to go for it? But I think we're about to get a very erotic scene-ish, possibly. Um, it's just, it's just, I think Philip Mora, Philippe Mora has, has kind of a wonderfully odd outlook on movies and some of these things, and some of them just don't, like, the more you, the more you looked at that room, where Stirba sort of was revitalized, rejuvenated, um, and she seems to be like I, I can't tell when when Sybil Danning or Stirba there is kind of touching her boobs and her chest and things like that. Is it like is this a new body? Did did she not look like this previously, or is this the way she looked and she's been old so long? It's like look, the boobs aren't sagging, kind of thing. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, but she she's acting like the way she's telling herself is almost like. It's yeah. It's either wow, this is new, this is fun, or boy, it's great to have these back. So uh, yeah, the, the minute um, yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's weird because like like I said, the more you look at the, I just leaned back a little. The more you looked at the scene, the, the where Sturbers are vitalized, the more the room went from ooh, that's kind of odd or creepy or what a strange room to it looks like a third-rate haunted house you know you, you'd hit on a rural route right before halloween 
and, and this too, this 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 scene with these three people in here, um, yeah, they're attractive people, but there's something about the sniffing and the 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 wolfing that's kind of making it. I don't know. If camp is the right word. I think we'll just stick for with silly for right now. A little silly. So uh, we will go from uh, that, and and yeah, I think in the next one, I'll you know I'll describe in great detail if it's if it's a humpathon. I will pardon my French. If it's if there is 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 love involved, um, then uh, then we'll 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 go. We'll I'll talk about that. But anyway, let me do uh, the Howling New Moon Rising. I don't remember where, where, where I, it, I think. Well, I don't know why I forgot. I believe the priest, and, yes, the priest and the cop were still talking. Ninety-minute movie, thirty-five minutes in, thirty-four minutes in, they're still relating the plot. Oi. Okay, so let us let us look at Howling, New Moon Rising, minute thirty-five. Then the less said, the better. Cheryl, I got the key. Ted's room. Let's go. Did you find it? I found it. It's full of tapes. Who's George Jones? Does the briefcase have gold corners? No. Check the cabinets. Ted! Cheryl! You know, we've got to stop meeting like this. You, uh... Here for any reason? No, I was just standing here waiting. Waiting for who? Godot? There is one thing that I don't think is ever going to change in the history of movies or TV, um, and that will be the sneaking around music. Or the we're doing something sneaky music. Plink, 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 plink. Always great stuff. And in this one, Cheryl and the woman with the unfortunate mullet uh, break into, well, they don't break into, they, they go into Ted's room. Um, to, I guess, find the briefcase that they think has money in it or something, but it's filled with cassette tapes, and the majority of them are George Jones uh, tapes. It's funny that no one here, like in a biker country bar, that don't know who George Jones is. Well, a few of them do, but you think they know who George Jones is? Or maybe they don't. I, I'm not a... I'm, you know, he, he, had, he had a fine voice, but, but most of the songs he's... I've said this before. Most of the songs he sang are not... Um, they are from that, that country music era where the schmaltz was super high and you know i you know you know every every other song you know is about your mama dying or or a love who died in an auto accident or you know your i guess had to shoot my dog this kind of thing and it's not oh, i think my dog heard that uh, not you george um uh i forgot what i was saying yeah but that that's kind of the end with the with the the awful strings and just over bleh. um sorry um but that, but that's it. They're they're looking around, uh, in there, and uh, then Ted shows up, and wait for Godot, Godot, and um, and uh, kind of leans out there with Cheryl. I mean, Cheryl does look very suspicious. She's literally standing in front of the closed door of his uh, room, just saying she's waiting. It's like you could you guys could have planned this better. You guys could have planned this better, and it it just I don't know. It's just one of those weird things where it's like so they're in there for. They were planning on being in there for like one minute. Ted's nowhere in sight, but like twenty seconds into that one minute, suddenly Ted shows up. 
I, I guess it's I don't I don't know if this is comedy or not. I, I guess I guess some of it is. Um, uh, the plink plink kind of makes it that way. And I I did think there was going to be more exposition from the cop and the priest, but it actually just begins the minute begins with the priest saying whatever it is he says and putting his hand on the Bible, and then it cuts to Cheryl. I don't know what she's stirring. Maybe like a uh, like uh, like a, looks like a maybe pot of chili or something. I I, I would imagine uh, uh, when when the woman comes by that they do this thing. Uh, so they're sneaking around. They're trying to prove that Ted is up to something shady, and um, and Ted Ted in in the room there. Ted has one of those big um, uh, I don't know, the heating unit things. They used to the first apartment I lived in L.A. had one of those those big like vent heating unit things in the wall that are just like huge, and um, well, that's not terribly interesting. I was going to say what is terribly interesting is I'm wondering when, when Ted came into town. It looked to me like he was coming in on a motorcycle and all he had was like the clothes on his back. So, but he also was carrying around this big suitcase or suitcase slash briefcase full of cassette tapes. Where did he put them? I don't remember them. I'd have to go back to the beginning again. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it for the next minute. I'll go back and look to see like where would he have kept this big suitcase full of cassette tapes? And does the I, I don't know. I don't know. Does I know motorcycles have stereos on them? Um, but do the do they have like? Like the one, uh, um, I know some of the like the more um, not soup to souped up isn't the word, but I've I've seen like motorcycles that aren't like heavy metal hog humping kind of Hell's Angels kind of motorcycles that have like stereos and big setups and everything. But the kind like Ted was driving in was Hell's Angels style, you know, with the handlebars way up in the air and everything, looking very uncomfortable driving along. Doesn't I mean I guess there's a cassette player in there, but you'd have to turn it up really loud, wouldn't you? Uh I guess I don't know. Um, uh, it, it it just strikes me as strange. Like, where would he listen? I guess he could listen to the cassettes in the room, although I don't see a little radio there or anything. But I guess the cassettes could be listened to in the room, and he may have been able to stash the cassette some the cassette briefcase there somewhere on the motorcycle. I'll look next time. It it just seems strange to me that you know, for the sake of a George Jones joke, they give him this briefcase full of cassettes, and you think, where 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 did he keep those, and where, where does he listen to those? Um, but anyway, I, 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 um, there, there's not much like with the with the howling minute. There's not much to say. I will say, you know, the both both minutes take place in bedrooms, um, and to be honest, um, one was trying to be erotic, and and one is just, you know, uh, sneaking around looking for something in in someone's bedroom, um, but uh, they 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 actually uh, are equally the same level of erotic, I would say, um. And yeah, the George Jones joke. I don't know what. The, I'd I'd love to know like some of these. I'd I'd love to get the Clive Turner commentary where he says, you know, may, maybe the first day he went there, maybe that thing with there's no George Jones, and they and they they did that joke together, and then it became a running gag with him. Like whenever he was there, it'd be like, who's George Jones, and everyone would laugh hysterically because I know I'm not laughing, but the way it's done. And the pause, and the edit, and the who's George Jones? You know, it's it's a callback, and you're meant to go, <laughs> but it's just it's not funny. And but I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. So not much to say on this one. I do like the uh, the little slide guitar rift. Sounds like it's gonna go into a little Led Zeppelin in my time of dying. Uh, which is nice. Um, anyway, anyway, so that's that's the end of this one. So we are in. Uh, well, we're actually right outside Ted's bedroom, and Cheryl is being unconvincing. 
and uh, we are um, uh, and I, I love how mullet lady she really gets into it when she's really like diving under the bed like she's going to hide there or something um, it, it, it's, it's just a slightly weird bed there's just like a quilt on it and it seems to be almost on the ground I don't see um, any pillows or anything hey Ted Ted lives how he lives he lives his life to the fullest anyway I, I keep saying anyway sorry Anyway, that's the end of this episode, and um, yeah, when we come back, we'll see if Cheryl's able to um, convince Ted to not go into his room, and, and mullet lady, what she'll get up to, and um, and I think we're probably going to get some, a bit of fool around in the land of Sterba. Listen to this.